Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, we are getting incredibly vulnerable We're getting up close and personal, and we are talking about one of the most taboo topics I can really imagine. We're talking about STIs and vagina health. So in this conversation, you're going to hear me get pretty open and honest about some things that I have experienced, and my guest, Adrienne Rommel, is going to be very open and honest about the things she has lived through in her life and how she has become the Yoni Nutritionist. So first things first, what is a yoni? Well, yoni comes from the Sanskrit word for source of life. It encompasses all of the female reproductive system. So we're talking the labia, the vulva, the vagina, the cervix, the uterus, and the ovaries, pretty much anything and everything. And it's sort of just a friendlier word, while it also encompasses everything that has to do with the female reproductive system. And Adrienne says she really loves the fact that yoni is just such an all-encompassing word while also sounding a little bit sweeter than the vagina nutritionist, which she said she originally thought to call herself. Now, in this conversation, I will say we get very open and very honest about some of the really big taboos there are around STIs. Adrienne talks a lot about shame. She talks a lot about this religious stigma surrounding STIs in particular and how it's really impacted the mental health of some of her clients and she herself. We also talk about diet and lifestyle changes that you can make to help you with things like BV, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, and UTIs, along with HPV and herpes, which are two of the things that Adrian has experienced and what she also has sort of based her whole work on. Now, again, I will say this conversation is pretty mature, so if you have some little ears around and you don't want them to hear it, please pop in some headphones or listen to this one later, although I will say I feel like this conversation is one that anyone with a vagina needs to hear. I wish I had someone like Adrian in my ear back when I was in my teens, when I was going through some of my own STI diagnoses. I feel like if I'd heard the things that she talks about in this episode then, I would have felt so much more supported and so much more seen, heard, and held. So again, this truly is the most open and honest I have ever been on the podcast. It does feel a little scary for me, but if I'm being honest, it is why I created this podcast, The Light Within, so that I could truly live my most authentic self. So here's a little more about Adrian. Adrian is a certified holistic nutritionist and women's health coach. She helps women manage and eliminate symptoms of common chronic vaginal infections like yeast infections, candida overgrowth, bacterial vaginosis, HPV, herpes, and UTIs. Now she has struggled with her own vaginal health issues her entire sexually active life, but she's learned how to manage them with diet and lifestyle. Now she helps women women who are experiencing these issues holistically heal their vaginal health just like she did. So please join me in welcoming Adrian Rommel, the Yoni Nutritionist, to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. 
a pleasure to be here. So the first question I love to ask everyone is what ignites your light within? My light is ignited by helping people. That's, it's such a joy to be able to empower women and help them in their sexuality and with their sexual health and just kind of inspire them with healing what based on what I've been through and knowing that it works and helping them as well. It really just makes me so happy. And just the amount of positive feedback that I'm getting from women who read my content and who work with me and who have found me on social media, because with the stuff that I talk about, not a lot of people have talked about in the past. And it's really amazing to be able to talk about this so openly and freely by using these platforms and helping so many women go through the depths of their, their vaginal health, just like I went through before. Mm-hmm. And so for those folks who haven't seen you already on social media, can you just introduce yourself and the work that you do? Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Adrian. I'm the Yoni nutritionist and I'm a holistic nutritionist and women's health coach. And I specialize in holistic nutrition and wellness practices for women's sexual health, specifically around the common chronic vaginal infections like yeast infections, candida overgrowth, bacterial vaginosis, HPV, herpes, and UTIs. Great. And so you are super open about your own sexual health journey. Can you talk us through sort of your own background and kind of why it led you to the work you're doing? Oh, yes. (laughs) At one point, I thought I needed a new vagina. It was like, you name it, I've had it. Like, it's been ever since I became sexually active at, I guess it was in my like mid-teens, like 15, 16, I was getting yeast infections. It started with yeast infections. And I would get yeast infections fairly often. And then sometimes I would get bacterial vaginosis infections. And then sometimes I would get UTIs. Mm -hmm. And then in my early 20s, I got diagnosed with genital herpes, so HSV2 and HPV, the cervical dysplasia kind of HPV, high-risk HPV, within the same year. (laughs) Um, And then in my mid-30s, the icing on the cake in my vaginal health journey was a candida overgrowth um, I had, I, I suffered from candida overgrowth and I was able to heal myself with my diet because it's, it was the only way. And, um, that was kind of when the light bulb went off in my mind, like, oh my God, diet is so important when it comes to managing our vaginal health. Because when I changed my diet, following this candida elimination diet, I stopped getting the yeast infections. I stopped getting the BV infections. And ever since that's what, And that's what inspired me to quit my corporate life because I was in the corporate world for like 16 years and go back to school in my mid thirties to study holistic nutrition, to help other women who are struggling with this stuff too. Cause I'm like, if I'm going through this stuff, surely I'm not the only person. Right. Wow. And I want to talk to you about kind of all of those things, but sort of let's start with the STIs because that is sort of, I think, how I originally found your information on social media and also something that you 
I, you know, I've seen one other woman talking super candidly about it, um, as well as you, obviously, about having herpes and sort of the stigma surrounding that. So your HSV2 and your HPV diagnosis, first of all, coming in the same fucking year, like, <laughs> oh my God, I am so sorry that that happened. Um, but talk to me through, you know, why you're so open about talking about things that people don't want to talk about. Like that is like one of the most hush hush things uh, yeah, people aren't speaking on this at all. Yeah, I know. I I mean, I'm just a different type of person. Like, I've always been very open about talking about sex and sexuality and, and normalizing these things because I feel like these things are very common. It's just the stigma. And mm -hmm. the stigma is worse than the actual STIs themselves. And I've always been open in talking about anything related to vaginal health. It's always been an interest to me, strangely. But, um, you know, it's funny is when I was diagnosed in my early 20s with both of these STIs, um, you know, I was with my second partner ever, like my second boyfriend ever. Like I, I was also so ignorant to these things because we weren't really taught about this stuff. And I didn't really know a lot about HPV and herpes. So I kind of just went about my life like, sure, it sucked, but the shame and the stigma didn't really impact me back then mm. as it did in my um, my mid-30s. It's funny because when I went back to school to study holistic nutrition, go figure, I was really, really, really stressed. And I was getting back-to-back -back herpes outbreaks like once or twice a month. And the shame and stigma that came along with that affected me more than when I first got diagnosed. And it's just the way that, you know, understanding herpes is a virus and HPV is a, these both are viruses, like understanding them as, from a kind of a logical perspective and in a sense where, you know, these, both of these viruses are very manageable in your body because they're dependent on your nervous system and your immune system. And I think we're learning a lot about that over the past few years with COVID and how important the health of your immune system is to fighting off viruses. It's very similar to managing HPV and herpes. And I know because I've done it, like I went from having one to two outbreaks a month. I haven't had an outbreak now in over a year. And I figured it, I figured out how to manage it within myself and it's working. And even with my HPV, like I ha once had high risk cervical dysplasia, like I was, I went through the LEAP procedure to get the cancerous cells removed off of my cervix, you know, and there was still abnormal pap smears over the years. But over the past three years that I've been doing this work and learning more about my health and what I need to do for myself, it's working. I haven't had, I, my, um, over the past three years, my pap smear results have been normal which means my HPV is not at risk of developing into cancer at the moment. Whereas, you know, back in my twenties, it was high risk. So it is possible to manage these viruses. And I know from personal experience and it makes me so happy to be able to help so many women who are, you know, scared with their diagnoses of HPV or herpes and both just like me. Um, and it just needs to be talked about because when you talk about it, it helps to end the shame and stigma and it helps to see like, oh, it is so common. So many people live with these STIs. The only thing that's bad about them is they're classified as STIs. 
that's and that's where the shame and stigma comes in. And it's like it's sad because once you understand how these viruses work, how to manage them and just how common they are, like it really they go from this horrible STI that's super shameful to being like, okay, this is like a part of life. It's if we're having sex, it's inevitable that you're going to come across it nowadays because it's mm-hmm. so common. Like people just need to talk about it more and be more open about it. Right. Uh, absolutely. I totally agree. Now I was diagnosed with HPV in my, I think mid twenties and with herpes simplex one, um, early in my teens, like after my first sexual encounter. And the thing is, HSV one is like one in four people, right? But people aren't disclosing that, even though it's, you know, I, I think there's just some weird disconnect between the fact that like, okay, you have it in your body. You've got a cold sore on your mouth. And you had a great post about this. It's like, there's been so much shame and stigma just around the word herpes that people aren't even disclosing a cold sore situation, even though you can transmit that to someone's genitals because everyone's just like, oh, it's fine. Even though parents are giving it to their kids, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting it because maybe um, something happened with the chicken pox situation. Like I've heard of that as well. And it's just wild to me. So mm-hmm. I guess my question in saying all this is, first of all, I'm really glad that you didn't experience a ton of shame around it in the very beginning. But, you know, what do you think needs to be done to destigmatize these things? Do you, do you have any thoughts on the whole herpes situation? Like why HSV-1 is like, oh, no one talks about that. It's fine. Like you don't need to tell your partners, but HSV-2 is just like this huge black cloud of shit that if you have to throw it on some partner, it's like so much fear. Yeah. I, oh, I love this question because I could just go off. Yeah. But I think it's, it's the miseducation and misinformation and the fact that people still don't realize that cold sores are herpes. They're the herpes virus. They may not have been sexually transmitted, but they still are the herpes virus. And I think that's where the stigma comes in and the shame is the sexually transmitted part because that people have so much shame around their sexuality. And, you know, people don't even consider that if you get oral cords, cold sores that you might've had ever since you're a kid or you got it from your parents, whatever, wherever you got it from, you can still transmit that to somebody's genitals, which then is genital herpes and technically classified as an STI, it's the same virus, but the genital one is so stigmatized just because it's sexual, sexually transmitted disease. And this goes back to so many, it's rooted in lack of education, fear-based education, misinformation, religion, the patriarchy, misogyny, like you wouldn't like the conservative old school mindsets around sex and sexual health and like the fear of God, like people putting the fear of God into you. And, you know, sex is this shameful thing, horrible thing. And herpes is like the worst thing in the world. It's incredible because it's just like, if we were actually taught about how to handle these virus, like these STIs and what they are, instead of like saying, don't have sex or else you're going to get this horrible disease. Like 
It's not even like that. <laughs> Herpes is a virus and HPV as well. Once you can um, manage it, it lies dormant in the nervous system until it's triggered and by something that's usually stress related and then it comes back up. You wouldn't believe how many people ask me, oh, so, you know, if you have herpes, does that mean you have an outbreak all the time? Like, no, what? No. There are so many people who live with herpes who don't even realize it because it's asymptomatic. And I think we know more about that with, with COVID, you can have COVID and not have any symptoms. It's the same thing with herpes. So like one in four people have HSV one and one in six people have HSV two, but there are more people than we, than that, than we know about walking around with herpes because they've never had a symptom and they've never been diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Because it's not in your, yep. It's Go not on it. any STI herpes tests are not on STI panel tests. And I wish that there was something that you could, when you ask for a STI test, I wish there was something that you could sign off to say, I understand that herpes is not a part of this test because, and there's a few reasons for that. First first reason is that the tests aren't 100% accurate. You could get a false positive or a false negative, just like with COVID tests. Um, it's the same thing. So like, what if you get a positive test, but it's false, you know, and then the shame and the stigma that the people that this diagnosis brings, but what if you get a diagnosis and it's negative, but it's, you actually do have herpes. (laughs) It's really, and then you're spreading it around unaware, of course, unintentionally, but like, you know how herpes is most commonly transmitted when you don't have any symptoms, because that's just the way the virus works. And once, when you can understand that stuff, can stop seeing it as this horrible, shameful STI to be like, okay, if I can educate myself more about this, I can do the best that I can to protect myself and my sexual partners. But also, if I have herpes, manage it within myself because mm-hmm. it's super manageable. Right. Absolutely. Sorry, I feel like I just went on a rant. I knew you would. So that's why I had to ask. I was like, yes, please rant it yeah. out. <laughs> so how do you talk to someone who's a new sexual partner about something that, you know, is so stigmatized? It depends. It depends. It's so funny because I've been single for a long time and I've been disclosing my herpes status for a long time. And I've been, most of the time my partners are okay with it, but there have been a handful of partners that weren't okay with it. And that's okay. That's their choice. At least I'm giving the them the opportunity to make that choice that I'm sure we all wish that we had. But Mm -hmm. um, I usually go into these conversations, like I'm pretty confident within myself, within with my herpes status and diagnosis. I mean, I've lived with herpes for almost 20 years. So like, I've really over the years, gotten, I've learned how to handle it. So I feel way more confident within myself you know, there was a, a long period of time where I didn't feel confident within myself. And mm-hmm. when I go into these conversations, it's all about that confidence within myself to know that I'm handling it and managing it as best that I can. And I go into these conversations empowered and confident. And it's it's really about how I say, it's not what I say, it's how I come across and, and say yeah. it. And there's, sometimes I find there's no recipe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll go in there and be like, I have herpes, just so you know. And then I kind of just don't say anything. (laughs) I'll wait for them to be like, 
okay. <laughs> and that's usually how it's, how it's met. Um, sometimes it depends on the situation and the connection and relationship. Sometimes I'll be like, it's important, you know, that I let you know before we have sex that I have herpes. And I'm just wondering, like, have you been tested recently? Like when was, when was the last time you've been tested? Um, because it's not only just about me and my sexual health, it's them too. Mm -hmm. And I find that most men in particular, not all, but most men don't get tested on a regular basis and they're not in touch with their sexual health. And and a a lot of the guys that I've met don't care, Mm. (laughs) which is kind of, it's a bit of a red flag, but it's really, it's not just about you. If you have herpes, it's not just about you and your sexual health and you telling them that you have herpes. Like it's also equally as important for you to understand their sexual health status because it's not all on you. It's also on them too. Absolutely. So what do you wish that you knew or were told, you know, you had this great post that I loved on your social media and it was (laughs) quotes I heard when I got my HPV diagnosis turned into inspirational quotes. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just like dying over here. So what, what are some of the things that you wish you'd known back then or, or some of the things that you would tell someone newly diagnosed, because you do have this excellent Facebook group where folks are in there just, you know, talking all about these new diagnoses and they're terrified. Yeah, they're terrified. Yeah. The problem is, is there's such a huge gap between Western medicine and any kind of alternative or holistic health. And unfortunately, doctors, once you get your diagnosis of whether it be HPV or her- or herpes, other than kind of sending you home with here's some medication to treat herpes or the wait and see method, because there's no medication to treat HPV. You don't really get a lot of support post doctor's office. You kind of are sent home with a lot of questions being like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean for my life and my lifestyle and my sexual health and my future sexual relationships? And, you know, how do I manage this within myself? It's not, you know, doctors don't talk about that. They don't offer that kind of support because it's not just the physical stuff, but that's all the emotional stuff that comes with it too. And that is such a huge problem. It's good for me because it, you know, brings me a lot of business, but, and people, you know, wanting to connect with me, but um, it's really sad that a lot of people, when they get diagnoses, their diagnosis, some people are it really affects their mental health like i've i've had i've given support calls to people who are suicidal because of it and it's really really sad when people are getting to that point because there's just again the lack of information the lack of support that from our trusted quote unquote healthcare professionals when they don't offer us any kind of healing solutions other than just medication it's not realistic right So, um, unfortunately, you know, they don't talk about diet and unfortunately diet is, and supplements are usually the last thing that people want to change or look at because it's a, it's changing your habits. It's changing your lifestyle. It's an, it's an energetic and financial investment. It it definitely is. But if, if you are struggling with any kind of vaginal health issue or these STI diagnoses, it's, it's the only way. 
to manage them. The body was meant to heal naturally. We're not meant to take rounds of antibiotics and antifungals and antivirals. And sure, they help treat the symptoms in the at the time, which are good if you just need some relief. But in the long term, to manage these things, the doctors don't really offer us any other solutions other than that. Right. And I love that you touched on the mental health thing, because when I got my diagnosis, I was terrified and so scared and depressed and worried about being judged. You know, you're in your early 20s, late teens. This is like for the rest of my life. Um, how am I going to have, you know, sex? I mean, and it. I grew up with a preacher for a father. So it was, mm-hmm. and so it was like even worse. And so there was a time when I was in college where I, I experienced very, like not, I wouldn't say I was ever suicidal, but I was like, can I physically disappear from this life that I live right now? Like take my car and leave and no, and no, no one. Um, so, and it was because there was no support. And that's also, I think what drew me to your Facebook group and to your work in general is the fact that I wish this had been around when I was 18, 19, 20. Now I'm 35. And I kind of like you am confident in talking about the things that I'm happily married now. So, uh, confident in talking about that information because I've had years to kind of do my own work. I mean, I've had a doctor once after um, an abnormal pap smear and testing positive for HPV who just threw the big C word around in a message on my chart, didn't call me, was like, your your lab results are in and you tested you know, positive for HPV and it looks like you have an abnormal pap, so you might have cancer. And oh. I was like, excuse <laughs> me? Like, wow, you just came right the fuck out and said it. Um, without calling, you know, just in a message. So I just feel like I'm happy and so grateful for your work. And I, and I feel you and I hear you. And when I'm reading these people who are in the Facebook group and they're just freaking out, I just want to hold them, you know, cause that's what I wanted and needed and wasn't getting. So I really appreciate all of, all of the, the stuff you're doing. So all of that long winded rant was just to say, <laughs> I see you, I hear you. I love this. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I wish, also, like that's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I wish I had this kind of support too when I was going through all this stuff because I I had no clue and no support. And whenever I would talk to friends or family, luckily I could talk to my friends and family about it, but they didn't really get it. And I would talk to my therapist and she didn't really get it. And it's just like, it was so, it felt so alone. I felt so alone. And that's why I'm like, fuck this. I'm do. I'm going to do something about this. Cause I'm sure I'm not the only person that's going through this. I'm going to put myself out there so I can help so many other people that are going through this too. Cause there's a huge, that's what's missing. Yeah, it you is. Know? It is. And I, yeah, absolutely. And even just talking to you about this openly now feels like so much, it feels weird in my body to be openly expressing this, even though the people who know me closest know these things. But let's talk now and shift a little bit toward, um, you know, how to heal these things through diet. Now, it makes sense when in my head, when I think about the fact that clearly the thing, the foods you eat are the medicine that we need. Just why do you think food is something people don't immediately think of? Or, and you kind of already said, it's like, it's because it takes work. It's harder than just like popping a pill. Yeah. I think our Western society, we're all programmed that when we're sick, we go to the doctor and we take the medication because you're right. It is easier. It's a quick fix. 
Uh, and sometimes we need it. Sometimes I'm not bashing it. Like I, I, when I get a herpes outbreak, there's no way I'm not taking my antivirals because it's helps, but in, in healing an outbreak. But the thing is, is yeah, people are so afraid to change their habits and they also don't believe that diet will work because we weren't taught. We were taught when you're sick, you go to the doctor and you take the medication and you pop a pill, you take an Advil or you take a Tylenol if you're in pain or you take your antibiotics if you have an anti, if you have a, an infection and whatever. But what people don't realize is your gut health is the key to your overall health. And a lot of these medications can really mess up your gut health. And what I've discovered in my work and my personal experience and my research, everything is that your gut health is the key to managing these issues in the long term and eliminating any symptoms that go along with, you know, yeast infections and BV infections and UTIs, but also um, with HPV and HSV herpes specifically, those are viruses. And because they are viruses, they depend on the health of our immune system. And the health of our immune system depends on the health of our gut. Herpes specifically is a virus of the nervous system. It lays dormant in the nervous system until it's activated and it presents itself on the skin. HPV is a virus of the skin. And when it lies dormant, it's lying dormant in the cells, the nucleus. And when it's triggered, it comes back up again. And usually they're both triggered by stress. But this is why your diet is so important because all of these things are reliant on your gut health. And maintaining a, your, your gut health with everything that you're putting into your mouth, but also stress can impact, can affect your gut health. Stress can cause inflammation in the body, which can impact negatively impact your gut health and throw off your vaginal flora and gut microbiome and gut flora and all those things. So it's, it's diet, diet and managing stress is so crucial to managing yeah. all of these vaginal infections especially the HPV and herpes. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the, you know, change that you changes you suggest people make when they have a diagnosis like HPV or HSV? We'll start with them first and then we'll go with, um, you know, BV, UTI, yeast. Uh, what are some of the easy first steps that you suggest somebody do either diet or lifestyle? So diet, I mean, you really want to focus on, and this is what I'm going to say for all of the infections, but specifically for HPV and herpes, because they are immune system bait, like dependent, you need to eat foods that are going to help to boost your immune system. So foods that are high in vitamin C can also supplement with vitamin C. Um, You can also eat foods that for herpes, particularly foods that are higher in an amino acid called lysine. Or yeah, lysine, which is really important. And a lot of foods contain this amino acid, which is good for managing herpes, including foods um, like meat, um, good quality sources of protein, legumes and lentils, um, as well as some dairy products, which I hate to say, because I usually don't recommend people need dairy because it is an inflammatory food, but sometimes whole Good quality whole milk, um, for example, is really good if you're living with herpes in moderation. Um, And all kinds of other nutrients and 
vitamins that are found in foods that will help you boost your immune system, like vitamin A, for example, found in orange foods like carrots and sweet potatoes, but foods that are high in zinc, which is also a natural immune booster, which are foods, seafood and shellfish and oysters, but also just eating the rainbow of fruits and vegetables, whole, fresh, natural foods, whole grains that are gluten-free, like quinoa is really good, and eating good fats as well. Mm. I mean, I could I could go off of course. <laughs> into detail, but there's so many foods that you can eat that are beneficial for managing the viruses like HPV and herpes. Um, but it really is just about finding the foods that are going to help you to boost your immune system and um, help you to relax and support your gut, your nervous system and your gut health. And so when it comes to, you know, yeast, BV, UTI, um, those uh, types of things, what are some of the diet lifestyle as well? And are those also impacted a lot by stress? Yes. Everything is impacted by stress. (laughs) Yeah. Stress really can can cause, can wreak havoc in the body, especially for women right before their periods. Because I notice the women who come to me with their issues are usually experiencing right them right before their periods. And in that phase, right before our period between ovulation and menstruation, it's called the luteal phase. That phase in our cycle is so, so key. If you do experience any of the chronic vaginal health issues that we're talking about here, and it's really important to nourish your body during that time. And it's the kind of the same principles as I mentioned before, eating whole, fresh, natural foods. My my rule is if it grows, eat it. Foods that are rich and high in fiber that help to support digestion and elimination to keep your gut and vaginal flora really nice and happy. Um, you know, including probiotics in your either through food or through supplements is really important, but also avoiding sugar. Sugar is the worst thing that you can eat or drink for your vagina. (laughs) The worst, especially if you're getting chronic yeast because, and BV, because basically the bacteria that causes that overgrows causing these infections feed off of sugar. Mm. And sugar is in so many things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so let's say someone's listening and they have been blessed enough not to ever have any of these things. They just <laughs> want to make sure their yonis continue to stay you know, healthy and kicking ass. Um, should they follow the same kind of thing? I mean, it's just kind of good overall health as well for your yoni? Yeah, good overall health as well. It's just like trying to eat as natural as you can. If it grows, eat it. If it doesn't grow, don't eat it. Avoiding processed foods, you know, enjoying it in moderation. You don't have to eliminate it completely, but enjoying things in moderation is so key, but making sure that your diet can consists of mostly whole, fresh, organic, or good quality, or consciously raised sources of produce, fruits and vegetables, meat products, if you're a meat eater, good quality sources of protein, if you're a plant-based eater, and making sure you're getting enough protein as a plant-based eater and, you know, just trying to stick to as natural foods as possible, drinking a ton of water, mm-hmm. trying to minimize, you know, the crap. Yeah, 
enjoying it in moderation. You don't have to cut it out forever, but really the foods that you know aren't, aren't serving your body that have no nutritional value or, you know, that aren't going to make you feel good, you know, enjoying those in moderation. Cause who doesn't like my favorite thing is pizza. Like, don't take that away from me. Yeah. Like I have pizza once or twice a month, like not, yeah, more once a month, but yeah, it's all about moderation and balance and just listening to your body. Absolutely. And so in your line of work, I'd love to get your tips or your, you know, your routine to manage stress. So what types of things are you doing to manage stress and what kind of suggestions do you have for folks? I love practicing yoga. Yoga has been such a huge part of my healing journey. Um, Meditation doesn't really work for me sitting down and meditating. I can't just my (laughs) attention just can't. So I like to go for long walks outside. Those are kind of like, it's kind of like my moving meditation. So Mm -hmm. I love being in nature. I love going for walks in the park. I love being around water. I'm a big water sports girl. I love surfing and kite surfing and swimming and being just in on around. I love paddle boarding. Um, Just being around water is really calming for my soul. (laughs) Um, I love reading books and cooking, listening to music and yeah, just resting. I've really had to prioritize my rest and sleep. And that's Mm -hmm. been a big part of my healing journey as well. Absolutely. I definitely agree. Um, And you, you mentioned this a little bit before you were saying, you know, whenever you have an outbreak, you're definitely going to take your antiviral. Um, do you want to talk at all about, you know, your thoughts on medications for some of this stuff? So I used to have issues with yeast infections and I can't take any of the stuff that like you get from the drugstore because I had a horrific um, allergic reaction to that stuff. So I would take like a Diflucan, like a pill from the doctor. And this was when I was in my early 20s. I will also say, interestingly enough, all of my BV and uh, yeast infections that I ever had, even UTIs, all came when I was had this one sexual partner for like six years who was my first husband. So now I'm pretty woo and energetic. And I'm like, I think my body was just trying to tell me, like, get him the F out of here. (laughs) It's, it's honestly true. I've, I've posted about that on my TikTok a couple of times and the, it's gone viral because I always say like, if your vagina doesn't like somebody, she will let you know. Mm-hmm. And I also agree with you. I think it is energetic. I think our bodies are way more intuitive than our minds are. Yeah. Our vagina is so intuitive and she is, she knows and yeah. she will tell you when she likes somebody and when she doesn't, as you know. Yeah. I mean, I used to have to take um, like boric acid suppositories because I was so allergic to his semen. Yeah. How wild is that? Should have known. And I wasn't into this then. So I was just like, oh, anything. I mean, yes, I'll take the pills. Yes, I'll take these suppositories when it ended in like a fiery blaze of shit. When I and my body, I think my Yoni, she the intuition knew. Yeah. She knew. She knew. She know she knows. She always knows. And it's, you know, it's funny because a lot of people will say on my TikTok a lot a lot of comments have been like, oh, he's cheating. If you're if you keep getting chronic infections, it's because he's cheating. And it's not necessarily the case. It is very energetic. I in my in your opinion and experience as you as yours too, but it's also pH incompatibilities. Mm-hmm. Like our vaginal pH is very acidic, whereas a man's 
um, pH of his semen is very alkaline and it also is dependent on his diet and lifestyle. And it's sometimes this pH, sometimes it's not compatible. Right. <laughs> and then bam, you'll get an infection. But, um, in terms of the medications, like I have tried with herpes, for example, I have tried to heal an outbreak naturally and oh my God, it took about a month <gasps> without the medication for it to go away. And I was like, never again, oh, never, God. never again. Um, so usually what I do is when I get an outbreak, I will take 500 milligrams of valciclovir or valciclovir in the morning. Mm-hmm and then 500 again in the evening. So I take a thousand milligrams a day for three days. Um, and I, when I, during that time, I'm also like prioritizing my rest and not drinking alcohol or caffeine. And I'm eating like a full on whole foods diet. Mm-hmm. I'm like lo- on lockdown, I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually gone and healed within a week. Um, the diflucan, which is also called flu- fluconazole, I think the yes. medication prescription is called, it doesn't even work for me anymore. Mm. I've, my body has developed a resistance to it. So the only thing that works for me to treat a yeast infection is like the suppositories, which I hate. Mm-hmm. But if I'm having a raging yeast infection, I will march out my ass to the pharmacy yeah. and buy it because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to sit here and you can't heal vaginal yeast infection like that naturally. Like there's mm-hmm. no way. Why would you want to put yourself through that misery? And for some women, they're, they're resistant to antibiotics mm-hmm. when, you know, they're, they're getting treated for BV and, you know, antibiotics are just a band-aid solution. It always comes back. It doesn't get to the root cause, which right. is your gut and antibiotics. Sure. You need them sometimes just to treat, just to give yourself some relief, but mm-hmm. in the that's good in the short term, but in the long term, if you are struggling with these chronic vaginal infections, you need to look at your diet and your lifestyle because it's the only way that's going to help you eliminate and manage these, these symptoms. And I know because it's worked for me and it's, I'm helping so many other women do it too. Absolutely. And so how can people work with you, follow you, get inspired by you? So Instagram is my hub kind of of communications and information I've shared as of today, (laughs) I've shared 350 posts, which are contain like high level, but super valuable information. And women are messaging me every day saying they're learning so much from those posts already. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my main hub, but I also have my website, which is yoninutritionist.com where I've written blog posts um, with more detailed high level information and my TikTok is mostly for fun. I do share some things on TikTok that I don't share on Instagram and vice versa. So um, I also have my Facebook um, page, which is the Yoni Nutritionist Facebook page, but I have a herpes nutrition and support Facebook group for people who live with herpes. It's a private group that's that has over 200 or 2000 members now. Mm. Um and because it's private, the only people that, that will see that you're a part of that group are the other 2,000 members. Um, and yeah, at Yoni Nutritionist on my Instagram is my main hub of communications and information. I've got four different online programs available. One is my candy, my signature Candida Elimination Diet, which is a gut healing protocol. It's called Fuck Candida because <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. And then I have my... BV elimination diet, 
um, which is more like a gut health maintenance plan. And then I have my HPV healing guide, which gives you all the information that you need to know to manage HPV, both cervical dysplasia and genital warts types of HPV, as well as like HPV of the, uh, that somebody may have somewhere else. It also is common in the throat as well as the anus. And I also have my Healing Herpes Holistically online guide, which is also everything that you need to know about how to manage herpes with your diet and your lifestyle and supplements. Like all of this stuff is the doc is the stuff that doctors should be teaching us. Like this is the missing, missing piece. It's kind of gives you that post diagnosis support to be like, Hey, what do I do? How do I manage? What do I, how do I manage my lifestyle around this? Yeah. So it teaches you all of those things. Like I basically just give you the tools for you to just take back and, and you just got to do it. That's the hard part though. (laughs) Absolutely. Is there anything else that you feel called to share that we haven't really touched on or anything you want to elaborate on? Um, I think it's just the shame of vaginal health issues in general. It's not just with STIs, but it's also a lot of women, you know, who, especially who experience BV, chronic BV and chronic yeast with, you know, maybe it's vaginal odor or vaginal discomfort, burning, itching. A lot of it is very shameful for a lot of women. And a lot of women are super self-conscious about it. And they, it starts impacting their lives in more ways than just the physical symptoms. Like it starts Mm -hmm. impacting their self-confidence and their self-worth and their sexual relationships. And then that can overflow into their relationships with their partners and it can impact their whole lives. It can impact their productivity. It's like, I know when I was going through the worst of my vaginal health issues, it was all I could think about. And I was down there with a mirror, like every hour just consumed my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of of women can relate to this because they tell me every day, but I just want to tell you if you're listening and if you're, if you're relating to this, like you're not alone. There are so many women who go through this as these same feelings. I think we all have, and it really just is unfortunate that this shame and stigma still exists around vaginal health. I mean, the, half of the population of the world has vaginas. Mm-hmm. So like, why are we still so, you know, afraid to talk about this stuff? And why are we still so ashamed of it? And it's changing, but, you know, just know that you're not alone. And there are things that you can do to take your power back to learn how to manage it. Mm. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great. I hope you guys got so much out of that conversation with Adrienne. She is seriously so open about some of the most difficult conversations I think we really have to have about our bodies and our sex lives. Like she mentioned, she has a lot of programs out there and a lot of ways for you to connect with her. I will put links to all of her social media down in the show notes below. I'll also link her website so that you can check out those programs. Again, I really feel like this was such a necessary conversation, and I hope you loved it as much as I did. You can connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. Shoot me an email if you think that there's someone you'd love to hear on the podcast or a topic you would love for us to cover. That email address is thelightwithinpodcast at gmail.com. The best way for you to support this podcast is by rating it, reviewing it, downloading it, and sharing it with someone you love. 
Thanks so much for spending some time with me this week. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.